Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Bruni, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Got to get my popcorn out here. Hold on, that works. The bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. It is first and goal. Ball spotted just inside the 10. Algier in. Wilson faked it to him and keeps it. Zach Wilson, the speed, and he dives for the end zone. Touchdown. That's Austin Nate. Gibbs, who is probably going to be the best pass catcher out of the three. Now. First down, he's going to get after it again. And look at the speed and the spark and the score from Gibbs. Just what Georgia Tech needed. That's Matt Bruning. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Austin, you tweeted something, bro. You tweeted your running back ranking. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Ohio State fan talking there. Oh, shit. That is why you come to the Debbie debate. Apologies to Kirk Curbstreet. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Everybody, no show sheet tonight. We are just talking. We wanted to get together and just talk. We had a lot of... uh, uh, topics on our you know our, our outline um and with the holidays going on we wanted to do something a little less formal so we just wanted to go into it we just wanted to go into it um i think i'll start here uh, we could talk about ohio state i want to talk about a little bit about that ohio state indiana game and just how i am imp- impressed i was with a couple of folks tom allen and his team um uh even in a loss were super impressive they were down 37, 35-7 at one point and fought back in that game. And, man, Michael Penix Jr., I know people are uh, uh, not as high on him as I am, but I tell you what, one thing that he does that I don't see really anyone else in the country doing is he delivers the ball accurately as he's getting hit in the mouth. Um, Pressure coming right up the middle, getting hit, and he's delivering the ball accurately. Uh, He has one of the strongest arms in the country. Mechanics are terrible, um, but <laughs> yeah. but boy, will he stick in that pocket and take a lick? He did it in the at the end of the Penn State game. He did it in Ohio in, at Ohio State. Um, he's just a really impressive, gutsy player. That whole team, that whole team is the problem. In that game was just like the Penn State game is the defense were keeping them in it early. Off offense just couldn't get it going early and that has a lot to do with where Michael Penix is putting his feet quite frankly because he misses too many easy shots but all that being said I mean Indiana has not been a football team and for them to go into the horseshoe and play the way they did and come back um, I'm just really really impressed with with the Indiana football team I think Tom Allen has to be uh, the leader in the clubhouse for coach of the year followed by the BYU's head coach, who I can't say his, his name, but um, just really impressed with him. And, I mean, Bruning, I, you and I talked – we text about this. I think you have to be encouraged about Justin Fields' performance. Yeah. Because everyone's, everyone's going to have a bad game, 
And if that's Justin Fields at his worst, and he's still making plays with his legs to close to, uh, to to kind of close it out, they did give the ball back to Indiana. But he, I mean, he he got a lot of first downs with his legs and made good decisions at the end of that game. If that's Justin Fields at his worst, sign me up, man. I I know I play the Michigan Homer when we do this show, <laughs> but but putting some of the silliness away for a second, man. I I just think Justin Fields is a really impressive. Um, person not even considering him as a football player just going back to watching him on the qb1 show and just how poised and mature he was and he showed some of that poise and maturity um he's going to be a a ceo in the huddle uh whenever he gets drafted and and i think that you he's going to be someone who's really dedicated to his craft so even 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 in a loss I'm impressed with Indiana, and even with Justin Fields playing his worst game in his two-year career there at, at Ohio State, I, I'm very impressed with him also. But um, that's just me. I'll, Bruni, I'll, I'll turn it to one of you One of you guys. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. Obviously, it's it's hard for me to, I guess, remain unbiased being as big a Buckeye fan as I am. But, I, I, you know, we talked about this, as you mentioned, we were texting, and I, I'm sure I mentioned this to Austin. I think it was in our group text. You know, Justin Fields had an interview where he talked about he does nothing but stay at home in his dorm room. And when he's not on his online classes, he's studying tape. He leaves his apartment to go to the Woody to practice or to go to the grocery store where he literally almost in a way disguises himself because he doesn't want to be stopped by people and and be rude. Like he's just about trying to get through the season, win a Heisman, win a national championship. And that's what you want to hear now. Yeah, it wasn't a great game, but I think we can all admit some of that was him just trying to do too much. I mean, Two of those interceptions, I think one of them he admitted was on him where he should have – he tried to throw it out of bounds and just didn't get there, and it got uh, it got intercepted. The other one, he tried to throw it to Julian Fleming across the middle. He should he should have just taken the sack, but he's one of those guys who didn't want to take it. Um, I, again, I'm with you. I was in a lot of Twitter fights this weekend about – and in, in our Debbie group chat as well on Dynasty Nerds about people wanting to throw now Zach Wilson over him, Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, Trey Lance – Justin Fields now after one bad game in 17 is the fifth best quarterback in this class. Get out of here, man. He's amazing still. I don't I don't want to hear that crap. His one bad game. You know, I went back and looked at Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence had an even worse game against Georgia Tech last year. Georgia Tech, who finished as like the 70th ranked defense. Indiana's top 15 right now in defense. And I'm pretty sure I didn't see anybody else talking about Trevor Lawrence not being the one one in this year's draft because of a bad game against Georgia Tech. So Get out of here with that bullshit. But, but put on your objective hat for a moment. It was um, a horrible game. I it was, was a horrible game. And I, 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 I like Justin Fields. Yeah. I like Justin Fields the person. I like Justin Fields the football player. Um, you, you would agree that it wouldn't be a shock if Justin Fields went over Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they're kind of mm-hmm. in a tier. Of, but I think at this point, because of the way that Zach Wilson has played, I don't think it would be a shock for, for Zach Wilson to be drafted ahead of Justin Fields. I mean – Come on now, be objective. Being, I'm being objective, and I'd love to hear Austin's thought on this too. I would be shocked. I would be shocked if I would. Shocked is not the wrong word. I'd be surprised if if Fields went over Lawrence. I do think Lawrence is like the for sure number one. If if the Jets not end over, up with the first pick, I don't. I don't think they go Fields. I think it'd be Lawrence. Wilson over Fields. I think would be more shocking to me than Fields going over Lawrence. I, I just. Maybe I think Wilson's good. Obviously, we've had this discussion on here. I'm a big fan of Wilson, but I think 
all the questions you have about Wilson's game, I don't necessarily have about Fields game. So for me, it'd be surprising to see him go over that. That's just my opinion. What, what do you think, Austin? Yeah, I'd be, um, I'd be more surprised about Wilson going over Fields than I would Fields going over Lawrence. Not that I think either of those things would happen, but I think um, that the top two are closer than like, like there's a, there's a decent sized gap between two and three, whether you think that's Wilson, whether you think that's uh, Lance, whether you think that, you know, Kyle Trask, whatever, I think there's a big, pretty big gap there, but I don't think that there's a gap there anymore. And it has nothing to do with the way that Justin Fields has played. It has everything to do with the way uh, Zach Wilson has played. Um, I think at this point you have essentially two top tiers and Justin Fields is in both of them. He's in both the second, the first tier and the second tier, but I would not be surprised if, uh, if Zach Wilson was drafted ahead of um, Justin, Justin Fields. So went back, uh, uh, burning. I, I used your PFF um, and, and, and looked this up. Yeah. He's completing 62%. Zach Wilson is completing 62% of his passes uh, over 20 or more yards down the field. Um, and he has 42 of those attempts. He has the second most yards on passes completed on deep attempts, but he's only 20th in attempts. I mean, he's, so what that means is he's doing this very efficiently, but that just tells us pass attempts that are 20 or more yards down the field. What about the passes that are 50 and 60 yards down the field? I mean, that's what, those are the, the plays that, that are being made that make you just say, wow, what can this kid really do? And the one feather in Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence's respective caps um, that, that Zach Wilson doesn't have is time. Uh, Justin Fields is in his second season. Trevor Lawrence is in his third season uh, as a starter. And, well, I, I te- technically Zach Wilson is in his third season as a starter, but his first season making these types of plays where, you know, he's r- really raising the level of his game. Um he didn't do this in previous seasons for, you know, he had injuries and, and what have you. But that being said, the two, the last two number one picks in Joe, Joe Burrow and Kyler Murray, they had one season of elite production and they were elevated all the way to the number one pick. Now, I don't think that uh, Kyle Wilson is the prospect that Kyler Murray was. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but it's a long I, day, I, Dennis. I think that he can't, you know, he is having. Um, a type of meteoric rise the same way Joe Burrow did. If Zach Wilson, hypothetically, uh, uh, if he went back to school and and came out next year, he could potentially be the number one pick in the draft. And with that talent, I'm not going to be surprised if he goes over some over Justin Fields. I just not, I'm just not going to be surprised. I think that he's elevated his game that much and is and is shown a lot. I mean, seriously, I was thinking about cutting, and I probably am going to do. Cutting up a video of all the sixty-yard passes that that Zach Wilson has thrown this season. Um, oh, I do. I have uh, Justin Fields' stats on the deep, the deep passing. So um, Justin Fields is now he's being very good too. He's completing seventy-three point three percent of his passes over 20, 20 yards, but he only has fifteen attempts. So they're being asked to do different, different things. Yeah. Um, so. Well, that, that's not Ohio State's offense, though. I think that's right. the biggest thing against Fields. Like, I, I was going to bring up – I'll do some of it because I'm going to change it up, obviously. But the biggest thing for me, and, of course, the biggest hit that comes for Fields now is because most of this came in that Indiana game where we just talked about he was not good. But 
Under pressure this year in 21 attempts, he's only completed 10 of those balls. So for 47.6%, 133 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions for for a quarterback rating of 47.9. That's not great. That's fields. Now, when blitzed, he thrives, though. When blitzed, and we've seen it, he's – one thing I don't like, and we saw it a lot with that Indiana game, is like when he sees the blitzers coming, he almost stands in the pocket like to avoid the tackle and then get outside the box. We saw it mo- I saw it multiple times that game. I was paying very close attention. He does that a lot where I think sometimes he just needs to hit his his hot route or whatever he needs to do. But 62 of 46, 74.2 completion percentage, 572 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions when he's blitzed. So he's very good there. Zach Wilson, and this is where I was starting to lean. When you brought, when you asked us this question, we were talking about it in the text. I, I went through and looked at a bunch of different guys. So under pressure, thirty-six of sixteen for three hundred and one yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, sixty-seven point nine percent completion, so almost twenty percent better than Fields. One hundred eleven point one quarterback rating. Yeah, blitzed. When he's blitzed, 75 of 53, 70.7, 809 yards, 11 touchdowns, one interception for a 90.3 rating. So, but let me ask you this big difference in competition. That was the one thing I looked up. The best defense he played, and I'm just going to be honest, I don't think that this defense is going to finish anywhere near there because their level of competition has not been good, has been Troy, who has a defensive ranking of 14 right now. And I'm sorry, I don't think that's going to finish there, but I just went based on where they were at the time they played. Troy was 14. The next best they played was Louisiana Tech at 72. I mean, so they he has not played defenses like Justin Fields has. Now, granted, Fields doesn't play some of the best defenses either. Indiana at 41. Then the next best was Penn State, who was 50 at the time. They're sitting at 68 now. We've seen Penn State's not the team we thought they were going to be either. So that's where, in all honesty, I'll go, what the, the reason I did this and the reason I said it was more surprising we were talking about earlier is more how good Mac Jones and Kyle Trask have been against much better defenses and the way their stats compared to the those two were the big stands out out of the big standouts out of the five that I looked at, which was Fields, Wilson, Mac Jones, Trask, and Trevor Lawrence. And Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence or Trask were the bigger standouts out of those five, just based on the defenses they played, I mean, both Mac Jones and Kyle Trask had two matchups against top 15 defenses and were putting up amazing stats in both those when pressured, blitzed, everything. It's kind of weird seeing those two being so good against defenses and in those kind of situations where the other three, I mean, again, Wilson was. Wilson was by far better than Fields and Lawrence and when being pressured and blitzed. But again, I wonder how much of that is the competition he's playing. And that's what I meant when I said that the questions in his game Wilson, you can argue, is maybe just as good as Lance and Fields and a lot of the arm talent, legs, and everything. But we haven't seen it against the really good competition to know, can he do that against those top-tier guys? Because you see Fields playing against NFL draft picks one day. Wilson, did we get to see that this year? I mean, I haven't gone back and looked at everybody he played. Has he played a bunch of NFL prospects on the defensive side? I don't think so. So how much of that will affect his game moving forward? I, you know, I, there are, yes, I do agree that, I mean, he hasn't played the same competition, but there are some things that when they stand out, you're like, okay, that's something that's translatable. For example, ball placement. I mean, it doesn't matter um, who you're playing against. When you, when you place a ball, you know, right over the shoulder of a, of a wide receiver who's covered, I think that you can do that at, at any level. It's, I mean, it's just like with a wide receiver and speed, like a fast dude is going to be a fast dude 
whether or not he's playing in division two or if he's playing in uh, division one at the highest level. Um, six, 65 yard passes when you're, when your heel is touching the 23 and you throw it to the, uh, to the other fifth, to the, to the other 30. I mean, it doesn't matter what conference you're playing in or what level of competition you're playing. You still got to complete the pass. And um, I mean, let's just give credit to Zach Wilson for doing that. I mean, he doesn't make this, yeah. he doesn't make the schedule. So. Well, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, let's be honest. They got screwed with COVID this year. They had good teams on the schedule. So that's where, that's where it sucks. Cause we had a chance to see him possibly play really good teams this year. And then due to COVID and, all the conferences kind of eliminating games outside of their conference, going to conference only games. We're not going to get to see that. You guys want to talk about Rondell Moore? I would love to talk about Rondell Moore. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, but Bateman uh, is your number one though, Bruni, remember? I mean, he, yeah, Moore's two. No, he's three actually behind Chase. Well, I had Moore at one for the longest time. I, I can't, I can't quit Bateman. All right, I'm going to go full broke back on you guys. I just can't quit you. I mean, I love I love Rashad Bateman, and he hasn't been great this year. I think we can all admit that, but I was slowly getting ready. I was very, like, quietly going to get ready to move Bateman down, hold a little memoriam in my house, just quietly to myself, light a couple candles, cry about it because I love Rashad Bateman. And then he made that catch against – and I was just like, nope, I'm done. He's right back up at number one. I can't do it. Just, He's he's I know you're not a big fan of his game. I love Bateman, man. I think he's going to be threat. But I, I you know, I've, I think we've all talked about this with other people. And, you know, Austin, I know I think you have more at one, right? He's he's your number one. <laughs> I had literally on Thursday moved him down to three because I we hadn't seen him play. And they kept saying, like, oh, maybe yeah. next week, maybe. And I was like, this dude just not going to play it all this year. Like I, 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 I've seen these other people for like a year and a half now where I haven't seen this kid at all. So I bumped him down to three and then he did that. And I posted that tweet about like, I re, I repent to Rondell Moore. I'm so sorry. Like yeah. he's back up to one for me. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like I'll ask, I'll ask both of you. Can you, if you're sitting at whatever one, three in your rookie draft standard, obviously super flex changes everything, but one, three standard, and Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, the first two off the board, in my opinion, you can't go wrong with those top, three guys or even four if you want to throw waddle in that category i don't think you can go wrong taking any one of those four guys unless one ends up on three unless one ends up on baltimore because i don't think lamar jackson can pass for shit right now so unless one ends up on baltimore outside of that i i mean you can't go wrong with any of those three or four guys if you want to put waddle in that tier which i know some do he's not quite there for me yet that's one thing that I can't wait to get to the offseason so we can, you know, essentially oh, watch know. these again is to to figure out like who is number one um, and, and, you know, draw some differences between the between all all of the top guys, because uh, I really like Terrence Marshall. I like his length. I mean, I like his speed and, and you know, I think he's versatile. I want to put him in a in a in a in, a, in one of the, in the top tier. So. But I, you know, I'm not going to be able to do figure out who I actually like until I can watch, you know, all yeah. of their games in a yeah. in an hour span and figure out who I actually like. But man, Rondell Moore, man, he just showed you again. Every time he gets on the field, he's like, "Yep, I am that dude. The, I am the, that dude." The thing I like a lot about him is that he, like, I think people um, try to categorize him as like a, a gadget guy. You know, the you're trying to get him on like some, you know, some end rounds, some screens. You know, you're trying to get him in space and let him do his thing. 
but he can he like he he produces in the flow of the offense too which i really really like about him and when i think he's different than like like i was i i hate guys that are gadget guys in in college because i don't think they usually translate like i i was not a paris campbell guy i'm still not a paris campbell guy because everything that he was getting was basically they had to scheme him open and I've, I, I've heard people say the same thing about Moore, and I, it's, it's not true at all. I think he's a lot more skilled than that. I think he's really similar to, um, to uh, DJ Moore. To I was going to say DJ Moore. But I think, I mean, but he's, I think like he's a much better yeah. prospect. I, so I, I'm, yeah. my, my comparison to him, and I don't know if, if you guys would agree with this because I don't like comps, but I see him as when he gets to the NFL, I think he's Steve Smith but with more speed. With the way he plays, how aggressive he is, the way he yeah. goes after the ball, I think he's Steve Smith, but with more speed, which I think is a, a possible Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's got to stay healthy, obviously, yeah. but that's that's who I see him as. Yeah, he's from right here in Louisville. Um, yeah, I, I uh, shit, I lost my train of thought. I don't remember what I was going to say because he's that damn good. Um, you just you can't yeah. think of anything but him when you talk about him. It's, it's funny because it's been so long since that Ohio State versus Purdue game, uh, on, you know, that nationally uh, televised yeah, game yeah. where he, you know, he destroyed us. All yeah. Over, yeah, ran all yeah. over you guys. But he's just such a physical player and is so versatile in so many ways because they were trying to get the ball to him deep, too. Yeah. Throughout that game. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be number one um, when come, I, you know, I, March. I was- I will say with your Terrace Marshall com- comment, I think he is the guy that's at the top there. That's that's built most like your traditional alpha, right, right, right. And I think I think he is going to go higher than people like in like the the dynasty and all those communities think because I th- I think a team's going to look at him and say we missed out on DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. We really don't want to don't want to f that up again. Or DJ Chark. Or like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like they like DJ Chark. those yeah. guys have been falling recently. I think I think a team is going to say you know we're not making that mistake again this year. Yeah. So I could see him going like in the top half of the first round. I, I wouldn't take him there, but it wouldn't, it, you know, that wouldn't be. It was like, it's either going to be uh, Terrence Marshall or Tamari on Terry. And I just, I don't know that it's going to be Tamari on Terry uh, too inconsistent, but you know, same kind of same, similar players, similar style players, long, lengthy frames, fast, big, tall, you know, so. Well, Terry's uh, also really get? old. Yeah. Terry's like 23 and a half or something. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's really, really old. He was old when he came out, and then he took a red shirt year. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, he's an old. I sold guy. him for G. Scott Jr. Best trade I've ever made. <laughs> um, I got a – so I, I listened to – obviously, we were talking about this off air. I listen to sports radio podcast stuff all day. There's been a lot of talk, and I'm sure you guys have heard it too. Uh, the NFL circles are kind of in love with Devonta Smith, and he might be the number one wide receiver taken NFL-wise. What do you guys think about him? I, we've talked a little bit about Devonta Smith. I put him on that the Calvin Ridley, Devonte Johnson, um, Deontay Johnson spectrum, and I like that player, that type of player. Uh, his frame bothers me a little bit, yeah. but I think that it's weird that player being taken first um, over or for the first wide receiver taken. But you know, I I, I don't have a problem with that. Hang on, I'm going to pull up. Go ahead, Austin. If yes, I'm going to pull up the draft order really quick so I can yeah, ask you. Yeah, I, I was going to say, and like a year where like uh, um, like t- 2019, maybe I could have seen him being the first guy off the board. Where like Inkeel Harry, like Hollywood Brown, like those were mm-hmm. kind of your other got your other options. But this year, I, th- I just has too many other guys that not only are like very skilled receivers, but are also really the athletes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, it would be a really big shock to me to see a guy like I mean I, I do like I think Smith is like my sixth guy maybe six yeah, or seven. For me too. He's right in there. Um, 
You feel better yeah. when that type of player is drafted in the third round and is kind of like an under-the-radar player. To be elevated into the first round is kind of like... Yeah, there's some different expectations there because I I don't I don't really think I don't see Smith ceiling as more than like a high end wide receiver two kind of guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I yeah yeah I'd, right, I'd be so disappointed like if the Steelers took him like that would that would bum me out if they took him early. Top teams I'm looking at say in the top ten right now that might need a wide receiver. Washington, I mean, is any? I mean, I don't know what you guys think. Agg Steven Smith, obviously they've got McLaurin, who's a rock solid stud, but they probably need someone on the other side. Of him, I liked Agg. I, I don't know. I mean, if you're sitting, I don't know if they take a wide receiver at five, but obviously they've yeah. got 36 in the second round, so they're, they're still picking pretty early there. Giants, I mean, Shepard's always banged up. I like Slayton, but he's been kind of injury-ridden lately. Detroit, Kenny Galladay's a free agent. I don't know about any of those guys. Minnesota, New England, San Francisco, Denver, Chicago, Miami. I mean, those are kind of all the top teams right there. So if – I don't – who? go ahead. No, I'm just saying I don't see a wide receiver going in that top ten. I mean, a lot of those teams that you named, I think they could take quarterbacks, especially like Washington – well, that's gonna be the, that's San the Francisco. interesting discussion, right? Um, yeah. Because I mean, go ahead, go ahead. No, I go heard ahead. someone talking about this the other day, and I think that they're right. It may have been Kane saying that Shane Hallam said this. I think that we think that there should be five or six quarterbacks taken in the first round, but you don't see that that much from NFL teams. Like NFL teams don't bail that quickly on some of these quarterbacks. So the guys that we think should be replaced may not actually be replaced that quickly. And so it makes me wonder if, like, Washington does make sense because they're not going to go back to Dwayne Haskins. I don't think Alex Smith is their future. So if you're sitting there, I think they're five right now. Yeah, they're five. You know, New York, Jacksonville probably go quarterback since he doesn't. I would think Dallas doesn't. So unless someone trades up to there now, you're sitting there at five with Lance, Will, assuming Fields and Lawrence are the top, or Lawrence Fields are the top two. Lance, Wilson, Jones, and Trask all sitting there. So you got your pick of those four. I would think Washington goes quarterback, but I, I don't know if they do. And then outside of that, though, who – I mean, Chargers aren't – I don't think the Giants pass on Daniel Jones. Now, I know a lot of people want to get rid of Daniel Jones. I don't think they get rid of him this San early. San Francisco, I think San See, but San Francisco is all the way down at 14. So mm. who falls to 14? Because, like, I'm going to be honest, that's what my ideal landing spot for Zach Wilson. That's where I'd love to see him land. Because mm-hmm. I think him with his skill set and Kyle Shanahan's offense would be the best fit for him, just personally. Everybody wants to see Zach Wilson with one of these offensive coordinators, Kyle Shanahan or Sean Payton or uh, Joe Brady in Carolina. Well, yeah, Those I mean, are the three names that I've that I've heard. Really, You don't want to see him go to Minnesota where all Mike Zimmer wants to do is run the ball 80 times a game and throw it five times. I mean, it might be a touchdown for those five times with his with with Wilson's uh, his arm, but you don't want to see that. You want to see him go to a pass-friendly offense. Speaking of which, like, you know, all my Mac Jones hate, hate is going to be – it's going to be terrible if he actually gets drafted by the Saints. It's going to happen. And, you know, Sean, and Sean Payton is going be like, oh, shit, he's going to be – he's going to I mean, Sean, Sean Payton is so – I mean, he's so good. They're 6-0 and in the last two years um, with their backup quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater, and now um, Taysom Hill. Um, man, I, I can't wait to see him well, get see- the next – I wonder if they do it though. He loves Taysom Hill. Like they just re-signed Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill is, still, Taysom Hill is what thirty-one though. I mean, I think they got to get somebody in the fold there. I mean, I, I would. So, I mean, I else? agree with you, but I'm I'm sitting at home on my in my my chair right here. I'm not GM in an NFL team, so they, Sean Payton might disagree with me. 
I can't wait for that, man. I know we, we've talked about it. I can't wait till the offseason gets here, man. Some of these this drafts that we're going to be able to do and mock drafts, is, it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. After seeing some of those GM setups over the draft, I don't think yours is any worse than theirs, Bruning. As I see you with well, your flag in the back, I, and it'd be weird if I was the Saints GM and I'm rocking a Buckeyes and Browns, and I'm like, "What? I, you know, I like my teams. I still, you know, I'm, I still take care of the Saints." But yeah, I got you. Better yeah. than better than Vrabel who had what? Like some guy the like dude shitting know, in the background, pooping in the yeah. background. Like, yeah, so. yeah that's pretty bad. <laughs> do, do you guys have thoughts about you know whether Penix can be a first round quarterback? I've, I've finally found one blue check mark. To say that oh, he's yeah, a potential, yeah, potential. Is it is it Michael round. Penix that said it? Does he have a blue check no, mark? No, no. Okay. Uh, it was it's uh, his body it was RJ, RJ, RJ Young. RJ Young said that uh, he could go in the first. I'm like, yes, finally. Somebody. I mean, my thing is, again, I don't think he's a 2020. I think he's a 2023. Like, I think that he's gonna stay. If uh, he goes 2023, maybe because like right now we're seeing. From the small sample sizes of Young and I call him Ugalele. I'm pretty sure that's not how you say it. I know you say it the correct way, uh, Felix. I don't. Uh, we Ugalele. We there we go. I, I, I well, I'll just call him DJ. I'll just call him yeah. DJ. For Bryce Young and DJ, like those are the two that we all assume will be at the top of the class. So, yeah, I mean, if if Penix stays for 2023, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he beats out, what, Haynes King, who's the Bailey from Tennessee, Stroud, Miller, whoever ends up being the – Buckeyes quarterback. I mean, is there anybody you can think of off the top of your head, Austin, outside of those two? No, I think it's going to be a pretty – well, I mean, it, people always emerge, but it doesn't yeah. look as strong as like 2022, or at least not like a lot of freshman breakouts this year. Yeah, yeah, because that's my thing. If he goes 2022, I mean, you're looking at, again, there's a chance that some of these guys fall down, but, I mean, you got Howell, Jaden Daniels, Slovis, Rattler, um, Mertz. Who Gunnell. else am I not thinking Gunnell. of? Gunnell, you know, I, who I, I love. I don't like Howell, Mertz. And um, and Rattler uh, out of those that, that you named. Have you watched Grant Gannell, Arizona? Put, I know you talked. I have not. No, I have not. not. He's, he's, I've, I've got. He's it. good. He's got he's a good. cannon. He's got a cannon. And you know what he doesn't have? That Philip Rivers throwing motion like Penix does. He's got that traditional. Which that's the one thing that worries me, man. But again, Philip Rivers made it work for how long that dude been in the league? Fifty years. So Penix can probably mm-hmm. do it. He's more athletic than Rivers. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that motion could be replicated by anybody else. Like I literally <laughs> thought that was going to be a once in a lifetime thing that I watched. And I was watching Penix the other day. It just blew my mind. I, yeah. I, maybe, is Rivers his idol? He's, he like said that. Cause that's I not a no natural motion. That, that's not a natural motion. I don't know where you get that from. Hey, we talked about quarterbacks. I want to see if you guys think any of these teams should draft a quarterback, the, the yeah. Eagles. Not no. this year. I, I think if, if, Went struggles again next year, 2022. Yes, but they here's the problem because I talked about this today on my other million podcast I was doing. They can't move on from Wentz if they get away. They can't, it's a 59 million cap hit this year yeah. if they cut him. Next yeah. year is 30 million, then the year after that is 15 million, and then it's eight million. So I don't see any way they can get out of him until 2022, 2023. So for me, I think if he struggles again in next year in 2021 then maybe you can draft that guy in 2022 because there'll likely be another high pick. So, again, we just talked about possibly five, six, even seven quarterbacks that could be decent. So, for me, Wentz would be a guy in the 2022 draft I would try and replace. I would not 2021 unless you want to do an Aaron Rodgers thing where he sits for a couple years because, again, you're not – you can't – there's no team that can survive a 59 million cap hit and expect Mm. to even try and compete. What about uh, the Broncos? Yeah, I, I like. I thought Locke was going to be good for them, but I, I think 
but so here's the thing with the Broncos. Where are the Broncos sitting right now? 15. So yeah. I mean, they realistically could probably get one of those top guys. That's so it's the weird thing. It's, it's, I don't know ahead of them. Cause like you could argue Detroit, like is Detroit ready to move on from Stafford now? Could they go quarterback, you know, new England, they don't have a quarterback unless they're going to stick with Jared Stenham. You know, you mentioned San Francisco. So you could eventually get to a point where those four or five guys we were talking about are all gone by the time we get to 15 at Denver. Do you all think, I think that we'll, we will get at least five quarterbacks in the first round. I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean and probably in the top 15 ish that we get quarter because they're, they're, they're going to trade up for them too. I, I think someone's going to be really aggressive and move up. Yeah. Like, I think we're going to see a huge trade like from like 15, 16 to like four, mm-hmm. like whatever that ends up being. I could totally see that happening this year because there's not like a lot of consolation prizes if you don't need a quarterback this year outside yeah. of Sewell, really. Then it's like a bunch of like a, a, a pit of like 20 guys that are like the same. So, yeah. Yeah, see, and I don't think that'll be Dallas because I think Sewell, if I, I don't see how he goes one, two right now. So I would think Dallas takes him to shore up that offensive line. I mean, you've got to at this point, right, to protect Dak, assuming you bring Dak back. I've heard Dallas fans complain about that strategy. One, because you either have to move him or Smith into guard. Mm -hmm. And then two, because their defense is so abysmal. I've heard a lot of Dallas fans say they just need to like literally draft straight defense, like the whole way across the board. Who's again, I don't, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know much about the defensive side of, of college football. I don't pay that close attention. Who's the top defensive guy that you would take at three though. Is there anybody game changing? Because I, I can't. I don't think, think there's anybody. anybody big this year. No. Yeah. So I mean, at, at this point, why not? I mean, take a. Again, there's nothing. Dallas was a playoff Super Bowl team when they had that offensive line they had with Dak and Zeke there. I think you've got to reshore up your offensive line, in my opinion, because I don't know if everybody says Dak will be fine coming back from that injury, but will he be just as mobile as he was before? I mean, it's a that's a, not an easy injury to come back from. I don't care how good you are. I mean, a literally dislocated ankle. I, I mean. Well, it I seems like Waddle. It seems like Waddle's trying to come back from it already. Did you wow. see that? He's a kid, though. That's what that's what happens when you're. What is he? Twenty one. They can't be more than five or six years difference. Yeah. Hey, look, five six years is a big difference, my friend. Oh, how old you are, but I do not feel the way I did five years ago. Five years ago, I can stay up till two o'clock in the morning and get up at four. I'm like I'm ready for the day now, dude. I'd be dead. So how would you guys have, rank? How would you guys rank the uh, wide receivers in that Minnesota Purdue de- game? David Bell, Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman. Moore would be one for me for sure. Bell Bateman, Bell would be Bateman. a serious conversation for me. Yeah, I think, and I think I would have Bell ahead of Bateman. Yeah, yeah, same. Well, I can't yeah, do I it. like him a lot. Burning? I can't do it. I can't do it. Bateman, <laughs> Bateman, Bell, Bateman, Bell. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna stick with it. <laughs> The thing is, the thing that Bateman's so good at, like those body control, like sideline catches, Uh David Bell is probably the best guy in college at it. Uh He's so good. Like so many balls are like underthrown that he comes back to like through the corner. Like, yeah, I I just, I I really like watching him play. He, it it seems like he he comes from like the schoolyard, like, you know what I mean? Like I'll just go up and catch like whatever I can. I remember uh, tell, talking to one of my LSU friends, a fan who's a LSU fan. I was like, you guys had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. on the same team, and 
And what did you do? And like El- Odell Beckham had what, like 700 yards? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's how I feel about uh, Bell and uh, and Moore. I mean, those guys are really dynamic. Well, you know what the funny thing about that is too is both uh, and, and making that comparison, uh, Moore won the Paul Horning Award, and so did Odell Beckham Jr. And still nothing. Mm. Like they still couldn't do anything to to which. I would say it's probably more devastating on LSU's side because of the way that they likely could have recruited. I don't see Purdue's not a massive like recruiting powerhouse to bring in those people, but LSU still had a great defense back then. It's their always biggest issue was they never had a quarterback. Yeah. They had guys yeah. like me trying to sidearm it out there to to those guys. It's just not working. Speaking of teams without quarterbacks, uh, did you all watch JT Daniels uh, this past weekend? I did and not. I have not okay. watched it yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched a little bit of it, and he definitely made the offense look different. Yeah. He one, he made the offense look different, and two, damn, I wish I had uh, Jermaine Burton more on my team. Like, I wish I had Jermaine Burton. It's something about that number seven at Georgia. I mean, it's the same thing at Michigan, where number one is supposed to be the number reserve for the top, um, at least receiver. That number seven at Georgia, it's like, oh man, um, that that player seems to be has been dynamic in the last couple of years, and I wish that I had Jermaine Burden. I think, I mean, I don't know. It's, I wonder what, if people would take Jermaine Burden over George Pickens now. Uh, no? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because Pick, Pickens was great too. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they were using Burton in that deep role, which they don't mm-hmm. use Pickens in at all. Um, no. So that's, I mean, that's where he was. It, it was interesting for me. I, I watched that whole game because I've been, I mean, I, I went on a tirade a couple weeks ago on here about, you know, what, what are they doing at a quarterback down there? And right. when I heard Daniels was starting, I, that was like my must-watch game. It, w- it was really interesting seeing the guys that he was targeting. That like, like it was completely different than like the guys that Bennett and Dewan Mathis were looking at. Like those guys were looking at like the tight end a lot. They were looking at Kiaris Jackson. Jackson had like two targets. I don't I don't know if the tight ends really had any. Um, it, it, would, it was a much more functional offense, which mm-hmm. uh, was a lot more enjoyable to watch because it's like it's like a you know, they just have like a wealth of talent at wide receiver. I, they, I don't think they have a guy on the roster that's lower than like a mid four star guy. Mm-hmm. Like it's like four or five five star guys. Um, I mean, Pickens was a five star. Demetrius Robertson was a five star. Um, and then they also have um, I mean, Burton was a high four. Uh, Arian Smith was a high four. Uh, Marcus Rosemey, who's out for the year, is a high four. So it's just it, it's just a, an embarrassment of riches at that position that they couldn't use at all. So it was I, nice to see to see it. I can't wait for the bowl season where we you know get to see some of these um, these teams play each other, like Georgia, where Georgia hasn't been at full strength the, the you know the the entire season, but we'll get to see them pay, play another top ranked team. You know, come December, um, hopefully we get bowl season. Um, yeah, hopefully. But, so maybe we'll get to see BYU play, you know, one of these top SEC teams in a in a bowl game somewhere. Georgia really... BYU, who says no? The Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl is always really good. Is the I, Cotton Bowl I, always big? Is the, is the Cotton Bowl always Big Ten and somebody? No, no. no, Cotton no. Bowl was... Last a uh, couple no. years ago, it was uh, Ohio State USC. I was there. Yeah, at that game. Okay. I'd love it because Texas doesn't believe in COVID, so I'd probably actually go to that game if it was BYU Georgia at the Cotton Bowl. I'd show up if Zach Wilson played. If Zach Wilson didn't play, I'm not gonna lie, I wouldn't go. I'd be like, nah. Ooh, that's a good question. Go. I don't think I, I think he would because I don't think his draft stock is secured yet. And if he played a top team and you know, like you, whoever and USC and, and de- yeah. yeah, 
it would be secured, and then you would be very sad when he's drafted ahead of just just won't Fields, happen. So. I already made like a multiple so. bets that that's not going to happen. If it does, I'm just uh, you guys have to find someone to replace. I'm just I think me, that so. you have to accept this is this is the problem that I have is that it's to say that it could happen. Like let's at least say that oh, it could I'm not happen. Saying it could happen. It could happen. I would just be more surprised if that did happen. I just I. I I don't know. I just I don't see it. I, I don't see it. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong in the past. You know. All right. I thought Hakeem Butler was going to be a good wide receiver. So maybe he'll make a good time. I thought Spencer today. Sanders was a good quarterback. Like I thought that he he had the tools to be a good quarterback. I and mean, I he still hasn't been terrible. Prove it. Yeah. yeah, he's been injured. I, he got injured earlier in the year. Hmm. Cut him a little bit of a break. I mean, Shane Ellingsworth isn't it? So you never mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. That whole offense took a step back this year. I think their their line's been significantly worse. I mean, How? Hubbard last year was running through those like it was like a runway, and yeah. Hubbard was just taking off down it. And now it doesn't seem like that that is there on either you know pass blocking or run blocking anymore. How bad has he hurt his stock by coming back? I I don't know why any running back would ever come back ever. Like I mean, not Najee Harris improved his stock. Has yeah. he though? Yeah, there was talks that he was going to be a third round pick last year. That's why the all the talk was he went back. I don't think I think he goes easy second round now. I don't think he I don't think any running back goes first this year. I don't think I, so I, either. I think and Harris I think is easily a second round back now. I, I agree, and I think that he's the first running back taken. Yeah. I mean, I think he's the running back ta- the first running back taken. And you know, if we had a we if we had a dynasty draft, I, I would he'd probably take him. Uh, at the one on one, the only problem he's old too. Uh, I mean, you got Javante Williams. Did you really one one? <laughs> Austin, you know. what's your confession? <laughs> uh, so I have another. I thought, he's, I thought he loves Javante Williams. That's I thought, what it I is. thought that that's what it was going to be. <laughs> it, it's close. That's, that's not that far off. Um, I've been working on this other project um, that involves some C two C rankings, and uh, I, I moved I moved Brees Hall up to my number one guy. Let's go! Uh, I love, yeah, I love Brees yeah, Hall, man. Yeah, it, it, it. I I really sat down and looked at it, and I was I, I was looking at like the top twenty one guys. I was like, well, I like him more than Harris, and I think I like him more than ETN. And he was already number one in his class for me. So, and he's the und- like the undisputed guy there. So, I think for a C two C, like I would I would take him first running back and be happy about it. So yeah, I got yeah. I got I roster him in a bunch of my C two C leagues. I love Hall. I think it's gonna be great. Where would he rank in the twenty twenty the twenty twenty class? So with Jonathan Taylor, Swift, Akers, Dobbins, Edward Solaire, third um, probably for me. He'd be fourth for uh I don't know if I'd put him over Taylor or not. That's my question. Because my rankings, I had Swift Dobbins were my top two, and then it was Taylor. So that's mm-hmm. where I'd come into question. I, I don't know. I'd probably put him over Taylor because I think he's a better receiver. E- even though Taylor's mm-hmm. actually been good this year for the Colts, everybody mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, poo-poo on him for not being a good receiver. I think he's caught 26 to 27 passes, so he's yeah. been really good in the NFL. But I think the difference with those two is Taylor also has that home run speed. That That's the only thing I think you can not call for is he doesn't have the home run speed. He, he will get caught from behind. But that's yeah. the only thing I see as an issue with his game. He's such an efficient cutter, though, that he doesn't lose a lot of speed moving yeah. laterally, which is like which is good for him because, yeah, like you said, he's like not that not super fast. He's not yeah. slow either, though. I think he's faster than like Javante Williams. Oh yeah, you know what uh, I mean? man, you know, why you got to slander Javante Williams every it, it's, it's not even like no, I, I, I'm I just, just I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. Him. No, yeah, I'm with you. Like he he he's that's what 
it sucks because I don't feel like enough people are talking about Brees Hall. I think everybody probably has him up there as their number one prospect for 2022. Might just be because 2022 is not a great running back class. But if you actually just go watch him play, like he's a really good running back. It's It makes me sad that I've traded a lot of my 2022 first because I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be a, a running back that will be a NFL workhorse for a good five, six years and probably get that extra contract. Or I don't think we see that from a lot of running backs now moving forward. Do you think he has a better um, like fantasy career than like, um, let's say like a Melvin Gordon? Yes. Uh, I never liked Melvin Gordon that much anyway. So yeah, I do. He, he put up fantasy points though, you know, cause I was never a big fan of him either, but you know what I mean? Gordon, like, he's kind of the threshold guy for me where I think of like, is this a running back that I think I can build a roster around? And he's kind of like the cutoff guy. My biggest thing with Gordon is, and it, uh, what's the, what's the, what's dang it. What's the word I'm looking for here? Not production. What's the word when you get all the work, when, when you get everything sent your way, uh, Belka. volume. Volume, 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 oh. volume is a, a volume is key in fantasy. They Philip Rivers would dump the ball off to him eight, nine times a game. That, that's what he gets. That's why Eckler became the way that he was. So I think Brees Hall can do it without getting that volume. And, and Melvin Gordon, I think when look at what he's doing in Denver now, when he doesn't get the volume, he's not that good. Where Brees Hall is a guy, I think you could give him three or four catches and maybe only 11, 12 carries. He's still going to make a day for you because he's just Philip, Philip Lindsay is a better player than pound for pound. Oh, thank Melvin God. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. My other podcast host is a big Denver fan, and and I will. It's my one claim to fame. And I don't know if Dennis is still watching because he always gives me shit that I bring this up. the The first year that I ever started doing writing and everything, I put I had Philip Lindsay in my top eight of running backs, even after he went undrafted. And I said I thought he would make a team, make a name on special teams, and become a starting running back because of how good I thought he was. And I will always say it's because of my brother. I'll be honest; I had no idea who he was. My brother went to Colorado State, was at the game where he decimated Colorado State. It was like, hey, you should look at this kid, Philip Lindsay. And I've I've been a fan ever since. I've had a mm-hmm. few interactions with him on Twitter. He's I think he's an amazing guy, but I'm with you. He's you know, they brought up again, he him being a Broncos fan, he brought up that uh what is it? Melvin Gordon's had four fumbles this year for Denver, and Philip Lindsay has never had a fumble in his entire NFL career. Like Philip Lindsay is a great player. He really is. Yeah, he's a bursty, he's a bursty yeah. back. He's a better running back than <laughs> Melvin Gordon never was. So, boys, you guys ready to call it a night? Yeah, I think so. I think so. We got to talk about Rondale. That's all I really wanted. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we'll be back next week with more show, with a real show, with a real show. This is just us talking today. Subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> this was not. This was not a good episode to tell everybody. No, this subscribe. Was subscribe to the podcast. No, yeah, I mean, we had we had some we had some good uh, conversations. Do you want to? I don't. We still got a bunch of people watching. Uh, talk about the jersey at all? Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I think we, I think we have like seven or eight ratings now. So there's still like twenty something spots available for people. Um, well, it takes a rate, couple days, I think, sometimes for those to go. Through. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I people have been sending gotta, me screenshots. Like that's been gotcha. like what I've been getting. Okay. Um, so from what I've seen, I think we have like seven or eight, uh, but all I have to do is go on. Are we doing rate and review on any platform? I've I never know that you can well, rate and review. I was going to say, I've, I've never done iTunes, it on but Stitcher, but it's gotta be on, I, uh, on, I, it's not even iTunes anymore. It's Apple podcast. Yeah. So Apple podcast. Yeah. So if you rate and review on there, follow the show on Twitter at, at, uh, Debbie debates, um, and then take a screenshot, send it to us and just, let us know and we'll uh, we'll get you entered to win. It is a signed Kyler Murray uh, OU 
uh, jersey, which is pretty sick. Um, so, so I don't know if uh, I didn't get some of these screenshots. I just pulled up the podcast. There's like three reviews on here that I, I know who one of them is. I know who Big White Dwight is. That's that's people people's champ on Twitter. I don't know who these other two dudes are, and I don't remember you posting pictures of these. So. If I have listen, one that I haven't posted yet. And then Carl, okay. Carl posted as well. Oh no, yeah. Carl, Carl did his yeah. a long time ago. I was going to make yeah. sure he got entered, but there's two on here that an Aaron Wilcox and a King Van D. I don't know who those are either. So if you guys listen, I, uh, I mean, I know who out. Aaron Wilcox is on Twitter. Okay. But. I would, you know, reach out to Debbie debate at, what is it? Gmail.com. Yes. Okay, because yeah, I don't. If if one of you two wins it, I'd hate to not be able to send you. I mean, I wouldn't hate. I'd love to frame it and keep it at my house, but I assume you'd want it. So maybe right. reach out in the email. Let us know who you are, because I mean, we've got we've got what is it? Eight rates right now, and like six reviews that just popped up on here. But it does take a couple days sometimes for them to approve. They you know, as as Felix brought up with somebody, they don't want those uh, bot accounts and whatnot uh, doing that mm. stuff. So they take a mm-hmm. it takes a couple days for some of that stuff to go through. Well, subscribe, uh, rate and review the podcast. Get entered to get a signed Kyler Murray uh, Oklahoma jersey. We're bribing you. We're bribing you. Take the bribe. Take the bribe. All right, everybody. Have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. We will see you next week. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. For the freshman. He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.